last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Christmas story, and uh, we've been kind of rehearsing how in those various characters that we've talked about, that heaven showed up in their lives. Uh, we've, we've talked about, you know, Mary, how she had an angelic visitation that told her that uh, she would be come upon by the Holy Spirit and that she would bear a son whose name would be called Jesus and he would be the savior of his people. We talked about uh, Zechariah having an angelic visitation and being told that his son uh, would be born who would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And this came to a couple who uh, was barren, a couple who was old, yet uh, they were able, because heaven came down in their midst and God blessed them. We talked about Joseph, how that God blessed him with dreams. And those dreams allowed uh, them to be guided and to be guarded uh, by God in order to protect Jesus and to protect his life. Last week we talked about the wise men who were able to look and find a divine uh, sign in the sky. It was his star, the star of Christ, which they followed to be able to find Jesus. And as we looked at each one of those, we discussed how they responded to heaven showing up in their world. But not only did we discuss them, but we said that heaven still shows up in our world. Do you believe that this morning? Uh, we, we decided that uh, God still is moving and that God is still ministering in this kind of way. Uh, I believe that angels still bring heavenly messages from the throne of God. I believe that God still communicates through dreams and visions and signs and wonders. I believe that God still actively impregnates us with his plans and his dreams and his designs for our life. This morning I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Probably one of the most beloved uh, scriptures whenever it comes to talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. Dr. Luke is uh, very cohesive in the way that he explains this and he uh, is very descriptive and he has taken this and he's looked at it time and time again and I believe even talked to Mary to understand what happened. And it says this, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now let's look at this. Here we see the most powerful ruler in his day, the most powerful ruler in the world who ordered a census that forced everyone to return to the birthplace of their family, the town, in order to be taxed. And I'm sure that Caesar probably felt very powerful. He probably uh, felt that he was very important, that he would have the power to bring each person to their home city in order to be taxed and for a census to be taken. But 
I don't believe that he understood that God was behind it all. You see, God was intricately designing and setting the stage and putting everything in place for his only begotten son to be born and to fulfill the prophecies of old. Now, when we look at this, uh, we don't always think about the details because many times we've heard it and we've rehearsed it in our mind and, and we just have it set. But think about Mary and Joseph. Very far along in her pregnancy. And Joseph says, we got to pack up and we've got to go to Bethlehem. I'm sure she didn't want to. I'm sure she was concerned what might happen along the way. An almost a hundred mile journey from their hometown of Nazareth. Do you really think that they would have traveled that far with Mary pregnant as she was if God wasn't involved? You see, God is sovereign. He's in control of every situation, even when it feels like to us that things are going crazy and that there's no order or no uh, uh, sense to what is happening. But God was involved in all of that. Everything coming together for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem as the prophet Micah had foretold. You see, I believe that just like Mary and Joseph, when times get rough in our life and we really are struggling with the things and the way that they are going and, and, and we don't really see the sense and we don't see the guiding hand of God, but yet he is still there. And when the way seems rough and the journey feels long and even sometimes the timing feels off to us. And sometimes even the government gets involved. Huh. And do we understand what God is doing? How God is still in control. Do we really recognize the orchestrating hand of God working in our lives just like he was with Mary and Joseph? Now today can I tell you that you are not here by chance. That God has orchestrated your life. That you are where you are because God has placed you there. And God designed for you to be here this morning to hear a word from God and to receive something into your spirit that would encourage you, that would bless you, that would help you along the way. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not here by chance. Luke chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Joseph also went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea. To the city of David, which is Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Now, I get a kick out of this because God is God. And he picks a small little town called Bethlehem. We, we sing of it in our Christmas hymns and Christmas songs. But I want you to know that it is still proof that God does big things in small places. Centuries after David had been born in Bethlehem, 
which is known as the house of bread. That's what Bethlehem means. Along would come Jesus and would be born. His eternal son of God became flesh. The bread of heaven coming down to earth. And imagine uh, the children of Israel could have understood uh, that they were fed in the wilderness by the manna that they came down out of the heaven. And now Jesus comes and he is the bread of heaven, the bread of life. And if we'll partake of him, then we'll have life. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You see, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, we look at that and we say it, but do we really understand the implications of the Christ coming and being born? Deity invading humanity. As John would put it, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And if you don't ever catch anything else from the Christmas story, know and understand. This is the greatest thing you can understand is that God is with us. Emmanuel, I'm not alone. I'm not in this thing by myself and neither are you. For God has come down from heaven. Emmanuel, God is with us. But not only his presence, but his eternity of who he is invading time. And what would seem to us and probably to Mary and Joseph at the most inopportune time. Mary gives birth to Jesus while traveling. And all the hustle and the bustle of everyone coming to their own city uh, to be registered and to try to find accommodations for the time. Yet it was all a part of God's divine plan. You see, God meant for royalty to be birthed in a lowly manger. He uh, wanted God to come to man, uh, to come right to where he is. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 tell us of the timing of Jesus' birth. But when the fullness of time had come. Hallelujah. Anybody else ever had the Lord show up just at the right time? Anybody else ever had God show up uh, just in the nick of time? Just when you thought it was going to go bad. But God showed up and he made a way when there seemed to be no way. Because he came in the fullness of time. God sent forth. His son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. You and I are children of the king. His royal blood, as that song says, now flows through our veins. Look at your neighbor and say you're a child of the king. As we talk about the various aspects of heaven showing up in our world. 
But do we really understand that the most important part of heaven showed up in the world that night? And the sad thing is that many missed it. Many missed it. But today, for just a moment, can I invite you to lean in, to listen closely, to block out all the noise and stop for just a moment and look closely. Don't get distracted. Don't miss Jesus as many did that night. For he is the most important part of heaven that will ever show up in your world. And when you discover Jesus, please make room for him. So many did not. But we have the privilege of living in a day and a time where Jesus has come and he invites us to come, but not only come, but to come in closely. To see him for who he is. To know him in all of his splendor and all of his glory. He says, come and lean in and listen and discover who he is. Mary probably thought, all I have are these cloths to wrap Jesus in. I'm sure that she wanted a special outfit for baby Jesus. And she might have thought, oh, but all I have are these cloths to protect them. But it was all a part of God's plan. Verses 8 through 11. Now that we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Aren't you thankful for those good tidings? For that great joy, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This morning, that is good tidings of great joy that he is born. Emmanuel, God, is with us. Not a God that is distant and far away, but a God that shows up in our life and a God that we can receive. The Holy Spirit into our life. And he'll go with us. Look at this. God chooses the least of all cities post the birth of his son. Who says that Rochelle's Kentucky can't be important in the eyes of God? And he chose the least of society, the shepherds, as the first witnesses. Can I tell you that shepherds weren't even allowed to go into the temple where they were considered unclean. And because they could not go into the temple, God came to them. Mm. When you were dead in your trespasses and sin, when you were not worthy to come into the presence of God, Christ came and he died on the cross that we might be 
able to enter into his presence and to come before the throne of God. What a privilege. What an honor to come into God's presence, to be a part of what he is doing, and to fellowship and to commune with him. Good news. Just like for the shepherds, is that for us who feel so small and insignificant that God has come for us. I'm sure that the shepherds didn't feel worthy. I'm sure that they were uh, wondering why God would invite them to come and go see. But he did. And he invites us to come and to see him. Look over the lives of Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zechariah and the wise men to now the shepherds. And they were all in the will of God. Going about their daily duties when the supernatural broke in and they encountered God. Pastor, you don't know me. I'm just an ordinary person doing an ordinary work. Nothing really special that puts you in a mighty good company. Because in their ordinary activities, in their daily lives, they encountered God. Heaven showed up. And this morning, we are in that same room. I am nothing, but God showed up for me. And he's worthy to be praised. And the message to them, imagine going about your daily life, going about uh, the shopping and the, and, and the uh, building and the, all of the things that you might be doing, the work. And the angel shows up and says, do not be afraid. Timely message to the shepherds, but also for Israel. Here this restless nation who had been uh, occupied by Ro the Roman Empire. They had had no word of God for some 400 years. No message from God. No word from a prophet. And when God shows up through the angelic presence of that angel, his message is, do not be afraid. You see, that message is still pertinent today. The times are just as uncertain. We are facing things that we've never encountered before. Can I get an amen? Evil is continually being expressed in ways that it has never been before. And honestly, we don't really know what to expect. But... It seems that's when God chooses to show up the most. When it seems that everything is stacked against man. When it seems impossible for us to prosper and us to uh, uh, be about what God has called us to do. It seems that that's when God shows up and he's on time. All the time. And every time. I need God to show up in your life like that. 
don't know about you, but I do. <laughs> no, I don't sit on an ivory tower and everything's going great. I'm not sure what you know about your pastor, but but I have some struggles and some things as well. Amen? And God shows up for me. And he'll show up for you. In the same way. God showed up. Aren't you thankful that he showed up in your life? Aren't you thankful that you can know him in an intimate way and that we don't have to be afraid because we always know that it's time and that God can show up. Verses 12 through 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to men. The Jews needed some peace and they needed some goodwill. And they thought it would come through the uh, being relieved of the Roman rule. But this message was more important than that. Jesus came to reconcile God and humanity through himself. Jesus came uh, to save individuals from their sins. And here the song of the angel is declaring that God has torn down the barriers between humanity and divinity and given us all that heaven has no wonder the angels were rejoicing. They understood more than mankind that God himself laid down all the prestige and the honor and the glory and he came and he settled here on earth and became all God and all man. Best that heaven had to offer. Sinners rejoicing. We rejoice this way. Emmanuel has come. And all things are possible to those who believe in him. And we have reason to rejoice and to glorify God. Let's finish this here. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying that was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. What a, a, a glorious thing that God comes first and the very first invited people are the shepherds. How did they respond to heaven showing up? We know that they were afraid, but I love their response. And I, I believe that when we couple that with all the other characters, that it gives us uh, the understanding of how we respond and how we react when heaven, when God himself shows up in our world. Number one, 
They believed God's report. That Jesus was being born. They could have thought that there was something strange going on. Maybe they all had pizza or burritos for dinner that night. And maybe they thought we're just having this wild, crazy dream of some sort. But they did not. They believed God. That's the first step to salvation. To believe God. To believe that he is God. To believe that he sent his son as he said. But not only did they just believe. They quickly pursued Jesus. They came with haste. No delay. No hint of hesitation. They instantly left. And I tell you. This morning. Don't delay. Coming to Jesus. Pastor, I've known Jesus all my life. You can get closer. Don't delay in coming to Jesus. If you have never known him as your Lord and Savior this morning, I beg of you, just like the shepherds, don't delay in coming to Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit working in your heart and life right now. Drawing you to an altar of salvation and forgiveness. Because he still does that. Do you believe that this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, come in haste. Don't delay. And the last thing that I, one of the things that I love about the, the shepherds is that they were evangelists. You may have been able to respond, Pastor, I know Jesus and I'm as close to him as I've ever been. But are you telling others about Jesus? I know some of you are. I see some of your uh, those posts and those different things. It's amazing uh, what I can find out about you on your Facebook page. I don't even have to be a good uh, investigator. Are you telling others about Jesus? Here we have the most important information and message that has ever been known across this world. And are we guilty of just holding it in? Not telling others. This Christmas, tell somebody about Jesus. Tell him what he's done in your life. Tell him how he how he showed. Tell them how he showed up in your life and, and it did the miraculous and the impossible. Look at your neighbor and say, tell somebody about Jesus. They were evangelists. And we still need evangelists today. Can I get an amen? Amen. The last thing, they left rejoicing and praising God. You ought to be a happy and rejoicing and praising person. And if you wait until everything is awesome in your life and perfect and you feel totally healthy and nothing is wrong and you love your husband or your wife like you've never loved them before, I'm not preaching right now, let alone. 
But if you wait until all of that comes to pass before you praise him, you'll never praise him. We're worshipers. We're called to be praisers. Has God been good to you? Amen. Has he saved you? Has he filled you with the spirit? Has he done mighty and miraculous works in your life? Has he shown up for you on time, every time, all the time? Can we just give him a praise this morning? Give the Lord a hand. to God's presence in humbleness and submission? Can we be like Joseph and respond in immediate and complete obedience? Can we be like the shepherd and the wise men in worship? And this morning, can we not hesitate as the shepherds did?